Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Megan Coleman from MASH Minute. And I'm Tierney Steele, also of MASH Minute, but also just a Movies by Minute sucker in general. (laughs) Aficionado, is that the right word? Oh, that's a much nicer way of putting it. I like that. You're an aficionado. Uh, you I have a deep love of the genre. Too many podcasts. <laughs> I'm doing this one too because we're insane. We're back for more. We can't resist. How does Jim always know what movies to pick? Where we're like, oh, we got to do that, even though we're both super busy. Like, it, like you say, like is we're not going like to do a, anymore. That, we're it, taking a break. We're not doing anything right now. And then it's like, oh, but Carrie Grant's involved. Ah, uh, oh, but we get to talk about clothes. I know. And trees. And bad sounds. (laughs) I don't have any notes about trees for this minute, but I think everyone should be prepared that in the course of taking notes, I did write the hands in pockets of emotional vulnerability, dash, dash. You can't fall in love with your hands in your pockets, even if you are both apologizing. (laughs) So that's my analysis of this minute. I don't think that dress has pockets, which is a shame. Why do pockets... Like, why Why do they feel like it's a luxury if it's on a dress? They hate why, us. Why, why do guys get to have all the pockets? The patriarchy. Oh, is that it? I mean, I agree. Sometimes yes. some dresses you shouldn't have pockets on. But this is, looks like it has a slight A-line. So you could put pockets on the seam, on the side. I mean, I know she has a purse, but sometimes you need, like, your lipstick just right there. Yeah, she has her purse to hide behind. Or your keys. Where are those car keys? I, I hope they're in the, that purse because I'm so used to have mine in my pocket or... I'm thinking car keys, lipstick, she's good. And her teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny, teeny, tiniest gun ever. Yes. This is minute 108, which begins with terrible ADR and ends with me wondering if they did this just so they could exposition how this ruse has progressed. I didn't take begins and ends with notes for this film, in case you couldn't tell. But this is the, oh, God, Megan, this minute is so good. You know what kills me? That she has a purse, but yet her gloves are not in her purse? No, we're very different people. Uh, No, (laughs) what kills me is that Hitchcock was pressured by the studio to not include the scene. At all. Oh, that's right. At all. Yeah. At all. First of all, I mean, to be fair, I think it started with, do we really need to plant pine trees in our sound studio (laughs) then someone did say like besides why do we need this and it's like because they fall in love i can't imagine if you went from basically cary grant being presumed dead to the scene that the next full scene that precedes all this it just wouldn't like how would you how would you be like kiss megan when would they kiss when would they be like psych he's not dead (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to work with here. Because <laughs> it would like, okay, so clearly he has to come back. Cary Grant has to come back because there's still more movie. Cary Grant is not, sir, no longer appearing in this picture. Right. But like, if they just went to some shot where he's like sitting in a chair or something, it, I don't think it would have had to say, I don't know. It just wouldn't have worked as well, I think. 
And we wouldn't have gotten to watch Roger Thornhill do that thing where you walk halfway towards the person you have a crush on and then oh, pray right. like hell that they also walk halfway. And then, oh, right. and and then, then right. she Not- does. And she does. Ah! And then he does that thing where he's like, I'm going to walk you to your car, even though you're pretty much not that far away from your car, but I'm a gentleman, so I'm going to do it. I think they're just strolling. They're just strolling. Strolling. You know, as you, as you take a leisurely stroll in the forest around your car. As you do. <laughs> Look, they're having very big feelings. Okay? They're having a lot, a lot of feelings. There's a lot of feelings happening There's a here. lot of feelings happening. <laughs> I mean, at the very beginning, I'm like, just, just walk towards our, just somebody, just walk. He does, but then he stops. Oh, I know, then he has that pocket best. thing you alluded to earlier, which looks kind of awkward because his suit comes up and... Because he is feeling emotionally vulnerable and he is protecting himself by putting his hands in his pocket. So I'm kind of glad that it makes him look a little less cool because in that moment, he is a little less cool. Then she's got, she's but, holding okay. her bag. It, like, that's, but, that's... Body language 101, she's shielding herself with her purse. Okay, okay, but the, but why the why the pants pockets and not the pockets in his jacket? I think it's weird when men put their hands in their jacket pockets. I mean, I think it's just weird straight anyway. Straight up and down, right? When they do it yeah. the same one. I mean, I get like the one maybe, but because you're getting something. But the two always have struck me as, well, yeah, maybe you're protecting. I don't know. Maybe I've just been <laughs> in too many bars. I don't know. I'm just saying. It is such an awkward look. But I really like it for this moment. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's a character choice, not a costuming choice. Oh, it's... Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. It just... It still strikes me as a little awkward, but... Well, it makes you very aware of how high the waists are on men's pants in 1959. Yes! I know, right? Like, uh... When they're wearing the jacket and it's buttoned, you don't think about it. Everything's right. fine. But when you see where the pockets are hitting in relation to his torso... Right, because the you, tie you also know. kind of hides... Suddenly you're aware of where that waistband is. Yeah, like, wow. They're like mom jeans. As someone who is a mother and wearing high waist jeans, I won't be throwing a stone in this glass house, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, well, no, see, I feel like mom jeans, and I know, maybe it's because I also had a kid and like, sometimes you just need that extra, like, support, right? But like, I feel like mom jeans say are cut a little bit more forgiving than like the mom jeans of the 80s, which is what I usually picture when you say mom jeans or like that SNL skit from like the... I was just going to say, like the, the SNL skit mom jeans have mom changed jeans, a little bit. Mom jeans, mom jeans. <laughs> Only at JCPenney's. <laughs> this is not germane to this episode and I apologize to our listeners, but I feel the need to at this moment tell Megan how badly I want overalls. But I want regular overalls, not fashionista overalls, and I'm having trouble finding them. Wait, when you mean fashionista ones, do you mean the ones that also like the, I don't know what you call it, but like the bit, you know, between the, the area between the bib and the back part that matches the bib. I noticed the fashionista ones, they come, that like dip goes down really low, like almost past your yeah. hips. And I'm like, then what's the point of overalls then? There are no, no useful pockets. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Overalls absolutely should have, if anything, more pockets. <laughs> more pockets. They're kind of the like, I'm doing crap somewhere. I yeah. need they pockets. They won't look good on me. I know this. I've worn overalls. They won't look like, they won't make me more attractive, but I want them anyway. I also like the ones that want to be like, like they come mid-calf too, because somehow that is helpful slash that looks hardly good on anybody. No. Shorts are full length or GTFO. (laughs) 
Right. Or do like the Audrey Hepburn Capri thing because then that works, right? Yeah, I don't even know if that works with overalls. That's a lot no, of that w- that's fabric what I'm saying. on it your body. No, it wouldn't work on overalls. But I mean, if you're going to do that look, just wear the Capri pants, okay? Like, oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, just okay, do that okay. instead. Get some jean we Capris, understand. put on your nice flannel shirt or whatever, or your denim shirt and like You know what's funny, Megan? You and I have <laughs> argued about the names of these types of pants and- I finally identified the Audrey Hepburn ones were specified as cigarette pants. Well, and you know what yeah. I realized I just appreciate about this scene that never occurred to me until this exact moment. Which is what? These two are so cool and they are being smooth and cool and talking about love and betrayal in the 50s. No one smokes a cigarette. Oh. Isn't that lovely? It is lovely. That happens so rarely. Don't do be fair. How much of a fire hatchet would it have been if this whole set just went <laughs> boom? All right, Hitch. You can plant the pine trees. You can make this assistant scatter pine cones around. But there will be no fire. But for the love of God <laughs> and our insurance claims, please. <laughs> Please do not. But they're probably nervous enough about the blanks, knowing just how, you know, you hear how studio executives can be, right? Like, and it's all about, like, the money and, you know. They don't care about the art, right? It's the popular narrative. The blanks get a shout out in this minute when they're talking and, uh, oh, God, I love that. And she says, I forget. Oh, I didn't write down what exactly what she says, but he responds, of course I was hurt. She goes, I meant when I shot He's like, well, naturally, (laughs) if I'd known, right? Like, She's like, well, they hurt me too. When she starts walking towards when she says, I did treat you miserably. And it's just like, I would like to dedicate the rest of my life to being as cool as Eve in this moment. Like she is. Forgive and let go and move uh, on. Right? Like, And they're doing that thing where they're talking in half sentences to each other. Yes. They, they got it. They and, and you can tell that at one point Hitchcock told her like, just stare at Cary Grant. Whenever Cary Grant's in a scene, just stare at Cary Grant. Because she's. That eye focus, especially when they do the shots where, like, you know, you see him from behind and you see her face. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, she's staring right into his eyes. Wouldn't you if you were given the opportunity? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I totally would have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? You may or may not be married at this point in your life, but hey, how's it going? <laughs> and that's a whole other discussion that we could talk about. But you know what? We don't have time for Carrie Grant's sexuality. No. We've got Roger Thornhill to get a girlfriend. So, uh, yeah, they do this little cool back and forth, and then they both apologize to each other. They both say, you know, they said things to each other that, with hindsight, they would not have said that they regret saying. And, like you said, they both forgive each other, and that's when they start their little walk. They start the little walk towards the continental. The little walk of romance. Because <laughs> we can clearly tell what kind of Chevy's car it is now. My one, well, I should say my two. My two <laughs> hesitations are that, to be fair, from the way this is shot and the whole scene is set up, of course it's ADR'd and they were recorded in a empty room, apparently. Like, did Hollywood not know about foam squares for a while? Because, my God. And I realize that I'm a podcaster who has put out sometimes less than perfect audio, but I also wasn't making Hitchcock movies. So I feel like they should be able to fake it a little bit better. So mm. I'm very distracted by that. I can't help noticing the slight echo on everything they're saying. But as they start to get more intimate, I get wrapped up in the story and I don't notice. Except that I feel like part of this little walk and talk here is we need to explain to the audience what they just saw happen. <laughs> Because Cary Grant's alive. 
He's alive. Everyone's very calm with each other, even though she shot him. And so I think this was a little bit of like, you know, when I shot you with the blink. Remember <laughs> the last scene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember. And there is a version of this movie where the next two minutes that Megan and I are going to talk about aren't as amazing as they are. And I hate this. Because <sighs> this minute is very cool, but the way it ends, if the next minutes had not lived up and improved upon that, if it had devolved into exposition and not really caring about these two characters, I could have been very easily lost at this moment. It really teeters on the edge at the end of this minute for me. Yeah. Where it's like, if you go schmaltzy, I'm not into it. But, spoiler alert, listeners, they don't go schmaltzy. It's really good. It's really good. But at, at this point, though, you're kind of like, I kind of want a little schmaltzy. Because, I don't know, I'm just a schmaltzy kind of girl. Aww. But it's so good, though, what happens, though. Ugh. I'm just trying to look at exactly what... No, hands are still in his pocket. Okay, he puts them back in. Because when she says, like, he goes, oh, well. How, do, how did you do it? <laughs> After she says, what, what I shot you with the blanks. It's like, oh, well... Oh, where is that? He takes his hands out of his pockets, and then right before we were recording, Liz she was like, oh, well, you know, it happens. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah, you know. Sometimes, shucks. Oh, shucks. It's okay. I would. Sometimes I would... the girl you slept with those couple of times shoots you with blanks. I mean, you know it happens. Well, na- I know. That, that, that will naturally, if I'd known, line just gets me every time. Right? <laughs> That's like, what it is. That's well, naturally, if I'd known. Like, just like, yeah. No, but then she's so... Go- no bleach, Sherlock, right? Like, we get it. But, like, I like that she says something like, I couldn't have told you. Could I? And he doesn't answer the oh, question. Wait, yeah, like, he goes, wait. I, I mean, he kind of does, but they are both too cool for school with yeah, each she's other. Yeah, like, she's like, I couldn't tell you. Could I? <laughs> and then he does a cute little like half smirk shrug thing with his shoulders and goes, well, I guess not. <laughs> For someone with his hands in his pockets, Cary Grant is doing an awful lot of uh, body work. Yeah. I don't know then, what the word then, is yeah, for then, I'm not an actor. Yeah. Then he, then that's when he starts to, when they walk away, he takes the hands out of the pocket. And... He takes them out, but I think he puts them back in. But I, very soon now, I we think, will I see. I thought he just put them like kind of in front of him. Like he's doing that like hand clasping, nervous hand thing. What is that? Wringing your hands? I cannot picture Cary Grant wringing his hands under any circumstances. Because at one point his, well, it would be his right. Yeah. Because we're saying from mind. His right hand kind of like goes out from his body. Like he kind of just he does his little like oh well and he right puts yeah his, and it looks almost like he puts him back in his pockets and he was like holding on to the car with mm. her right hand kind of like yeah I don't know what the opposite of a, like the headlights that's it I was like what's the opposite of the of the rocket tips the headlights <laughs> tail lights headlights it's a whole thing it's a whole th- <laughs> it's a light they're useful did you want to talk about Eve's car some more how are you feeling about that oh can I steal that car oh a Chevy Continental is like I-, I would want one in baby blue that's my dream car i think i might have mentioned that in an earlier episode so can i steal this can i like somehow go to 1959 and like just steal this car see i like the white because my first car was a white car it was not a chevy continental it was a jaguar xj6 <sighs> It was the best car. And the fact that, I mean, obviously the trunk wasn't as pronounced as this, but because it had those super rounded headlights, it, mm-hmm. this little like bit of the car poking out behind her feels very 
very right at home. <laughs> God, I miss that car. So yeah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> Fair enough. I learned how to drive on a Buick Saber. Late 80s Buick Saber. It was a beast of a car. <laughs> I would like to point out, so when I was learning to drive, my parents drove a four-tour station wagon and a Chevy Tahoe. And then I had to take my test in a Honda Civic. Do you know how hard it is to do back-end parking and not mess up when you have gone from a Tahoe to a Civic? Oh. I failed the first time. I'm just saying. But I passed the second time and everything's been fine. Since. Yay! I passed my first time, but admittedly, I live in the sticks. So it was basically like, hey, um, you can park your car. And hey, you remember right on red? Like, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, let's go. No one's coming. Cool. Can you back to a parking space? Congratulations. Here's your license. Hashtag live free or die. So. Um- <laughs> <laughs> and for those at home thinking, oh, my God, this girl, she's the worst. The Jaguar had been in the family and was only was two say, years Tay-Day. younger than me. So <laughs> I was the fifth driver of this car. <laughs> Were you the last it driver? Good life. Or did it get I passed was. on? Okay. I was like, no. at some point, I feel like Jags need more work than they're worth, essentially. It became an hassle. organ donor because <laughs> the engine, like the mechanics of the car were all in fabulous shape. And the body of the car was done. And there was a place where they would buy like 10 Jags and then build one gorgeous, perfect, restored Jag. Or, oh, you know, however yeah. many they could get out of that, yep. basically, and take the best from each one. And so that's who we ended up selling it to. And what mm. kills me is they let me keep, because what did they care? And so they were like, well, whatever you want. So, I mean, I took off my license plate holder and then I kept the keys. I still have my key from that car on a Jaguar keychain. And Megan, your <laughs> co-host is an idiot. I'm you a didn't, fool. You, you, you didn't take the best part of the car, did you? I didn't take the hood ornament. <gasps> it didn't even occur to me. And do you know those sons of bitches don't even do that anymore? What is the point of getting a Jaguar that does not have a oh, yeah, Jaguar they, they, on yeah, the they, hood? They don't, they don't put the Jag on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, they have a Jag. It's a different kind of Jag. Not like the stick out, like, I'm prancing, I'm going to attack you, Jag. It's just like a Jag face. It's like, rawr. That is not, that is not the same thing. Which, fair enough, if you have, like, some crazy car that was built for the Nuremberg ring, fine. Cool, because you don't want that drag. But, like, everyone else, no. I want the fancy hood ornament. Dang it. (laughs) I want a kitty on my car. (laughs) I want to be like, okay. (laughs) Not like, (laughs) <laughs> right i know i wish my dad the buick because it was like his last that you know vegetable that's not the right word oh my god what is it it was his last link to his to his dad my papa and i wish when he donated it to um kidney cards when it finally kicked the bucket because even i wouldn't drive this car anymore because it was like so unsafe that i wish i had asked him because i was in college at that point if he could have grabbed the hood ornament I had to let my father know if I left Fairfield County because it was unsafe. So. Oh, no, my, gra- my, my dad did save the crucifix that you had to keep on the temperature control because it had weighed down the lever so much that it wouldn't work <laughs> otherwise. So my lapsed Catholic father had to drive around with the crucifix on his temperature control. <laughs> hey, you do what you gotta do. You do what you gotta do. But it always kind of cracked me up. Because my dad's kind of a bitter lapsed Catholic, too. So as a 16-year-old, I'm like, that's hilarious. (laughs) It really wasn't all that hilarious. 
Well, we've derailed we've as derailed. we do. That's what we do. It's our. Is it? Is it our brand tyranny? Is it? Are we on point? I for mean, kind of. <laughs> for those double checking, I had to look up what year it was. It was 1982, so it was not the exact same model because mine was in '86. But um, if you've seen the White Snake video for Here I Go Again, you've essentially seen my first car. Oh, nice! It's very different than uh, Eve's experience here in this. And and Tawny Katane's as well. I uh, very oh, different yes. experience being the owner and driver of that car, but yeah, it's the same same idea. The white one, absolutely gorgeous, just a different year. <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, uh, that is not where I saw minute one oh eight going. My goodness, I have so many notes about feelings and vulnerability and opening yourself up to someone who's hurt you but who you think you can trust despite things that have happened before and i'm over here talking about white snake (laughs) i'm a little ashamed of myself if it's any consolation (laughs) we're children of the 80s i don't know yeah let's go with that question mark sure i don't don't have a good way to transition us out i'm sorry (laughs) I don't, I think we broke my brain. Um, there was no point in, speaking of children of the 80s, there was no point in this minute where I wanted the Kool-Aid man to burst out of Mount Rushmore oh, yeah. and land superhero pose in no. between them. This, this would be the moment that if my husband, again, if he had the video capabilities to do this and again was trying to make me laugh because it's like his favorite thing in the world, apparently, to do it in the most ridiculous way as well. This would be the one where I would be like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> like, I'm not actually gonna murder you because we have a toddler and i need you to help me with my toddler but like the the, the feeling is there There's i love you darling a <laughs> moment where because they start walking like we said he walks halfway and stops and then she walks towards him but then when she reaches him it pretty quickly they're like he's kind of aw shucks and he almost he almost toes the dirt he doesn't quite but almost no. and then it cuts to them from the chest up looking at her and so there's no point where the kool-aid man could land no it would be really bad somebody would look like they got killed and again this movie keeps going so that would be bad yeah so there we go that's that's how i'll tie it back in minute 108 no opportunity for the kool-aid man (laughs) no opportunity no anything else I don't think so. You sounded very excited for a moment. Was it because you found the outro notes? <laughs> oh, no, I'm actually just rewatching the minute for whatever reason. And he was just like, I know. <laughs> it's that line again. <laughs> oh, Carrie Grant, you're so suave this minute. I love it. I like it when guys get like, they kind of go back to that middle school awkwardness, vulnerability of like, oh, yeah. I mean, I like you, but I can't say anything. But everything else is just screaming, I like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I hurt your feelings when I said those mean things, but do you still like me? You do? Cool. cool. I still like you too. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? This was done over text messaging since 2020. She was like, I thought I was going to see you. Well, I thought I was going to see you too, but that professor wouldn't let me. Well, it wasn't safe. Well, I said some mean things and I just wanted to apologize. Yeah, that's cool. I said some things too, and I, I wanted said some to things too. too. I want to apologize too. Are we, are we, are we down? <laughs> Yeah, I think Down we're... to what? Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, it would be that part where it'd be like, so-and-so got the message and like, so-and-so is typing back and you're like, no, what are they typing back? That's where we're at. Yeah, this whole, this whole scene this <laughs> has that energy. 100%. <laughs> 
Wait, what's going to happen? Who's typing who? who? Who's texting who? What's happening? All right. If you have feelings about this minute, have we got a Facebook group for you? <laughs> if you have feelings about these feelings. feelings about these feelings, that's right. You can share them. So there's the man on Washington's nose on Facebook, which is a private group, but that's just to keep the Russian bots out because they don't have good feelings or they're really random feelings. We don't want those feelings. And if the face walls, my dad calls it, is not your jam, feel free to go over to Twitter and look up Hitchcock Minute. And you can find this podcast wherever you found it. Keep doing that. That's good. But you can also go to... I mean, let's be honest. You're at Apple Podcasts. You're on Google Play or Spotify or wherever else. Hitchcock Minute. So keep doing that. Thank you very much. <laughs> you made it to 108. You can make it to 109. We have faith in you. We have faith in you. You're almost at the end of the movie. Sort of, kind of. Oh. Ho, ho. I mean, maybe it's over. Maybe it's not. Dun, dun, dun. It's not. You probably have seen this movie already, so you probably know what the actual answer is. But if you're not, and you're just listening to this and haven't seen the movie, good God, I want to say hi to you, and I want to know why, and I have so many questions. So Megan and I did MASH Minute. There's MASHMinute.com, which has the socials for the show. But I'm just going to out her, and Megan's on Twitter at MegZCharm, so you can talk to her there. Yeah, it's uh, M-E-G-G-Z, Charm. Meg's Charm, woo! And I am One Steel Sister, O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. And that's where you can find us, and hopefully we will find you back here tomorrow. Bye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.